Please go with me in a word of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing unto you. Amen. Our sermon series this Advent and our overall Advent theme is from generation to generation. And uh, I thought I would talk about Joseph in the Old Testament and Joseph in the New Testament to go along with that theme. And I was talking to my fiance about the sermon and what I was thinking. And I said, yeah, I think I'll talk about the two different Josephs in the Bible. And he gives me this weird look and he's like, um, aren't there three Josephs in the Bible? Yeah, he's right. There are three. Um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Joseph of Arimathea, though. He gets left out of the sermon. The first Joseph from the Old Testament story is found in Genesis. The first Joseph was his father's favorite and wore a coat of many colors. His brothers were jealous of the attention Joseph got from their dad, and they sold him into slavery in Egypt. In Egypt, Joseph went from slave to prisoner. There, God blesses Joseph with the power to interpret dreams, earning Joseph favor with Pharaoh. Joseph is freed and becomes part of Pharaoh's inner circle. But what did Joseph do when he earned favor with Pharaoh? Did he advocate for the poor and hurting? Did he help the people who were suffering under a crushing famine? No, Joseph did not. He placed himself in a position of power as Pharaoh's right-hand man. Joseph used his God-given power to grow his own wealth at the expense of everyday people. Joseph could have used his close relationship with Pharaoh to craft more just economic policies. He could have done something to help foreigners and enslaved people. Alas, he did not. Joseph chose greed and power and security for himself. But we can choose a better way. Thousands of years later, there was another man named Joseph. This Joseph also lived in a time of cruel empire, this time the Roman Empire. Soldiers filled his town, terrorizing its residents with their brutality. Between their tithes to the temple and the taxes they paid to Rome, many people struggled to get by. Joseph is betrothed to Mary, a teenage girl several years younger than him. He negotiated a fair bride price with Mary's father. In this time, a betrothal was a legal agreement. While they are legally bound to one another, Mary has not yet come to live with Joseph as his wife. But Joseph heard rumors He heard that Mary was pregnant. 
unmarried woman, women were found pregnant from time to time in Nazareth, usually through assault by a Roman soldier. But when he asked Mary about the rumors, she said that no Roman had harmed her. She said she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She said she was pregnant with God's son. Joseph was shocked. Mary had always been an honest person, but this was too much to believe. Joseph weighed his options. As an unwed pregnant woman, Joseph could get Mary stoned, and both her and her child would die. No, Joseph could not let her die. He could divorce her, and since their betrothal agreement would be broken because of her pregnancy, Joseph was owed double the bride price that they'd agreed on. But Joseph knew that Mary's family was struggling like everyone else. The last thing they needed was to pay a double bride price to him. On the other hand, Joseph could use the money. He was being crushed by Herod's taxes, too. He could use the money to support a new wife, one who was not pregnant with another man's child. He was Joseph. He was from the line of David. He didn't deserve a wife who was already pregnant. He had been faithful. He deserved a loyal wife. That wasn't Mary anymore. And still, Joseph had compassion for Mary. She was already in a very difficult situation. He did not need to make it worse. She was suffering so much. And her family, what stress they must be under. Joseph decided to go easy on them. He would divorce Mary quietly. He would not humiliate her. He would not ask for more money. He would not add to the rumors. He would go see Mary's father tomorrow and break off their betrothal and wash his hands of it. He'd move on. There were other eligible young women in town Surely one of them would marry him. With that, it was decided. Joseph laid down to sleep and shut his eyes. Disrupting Joseph's sleep, an angel of the Lord appeared. The angel's first words to the shepherds and to Mary are the same as the angel's first words to Joseph. Do not be afraid. The angel says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. A faithful man, Joseph does as the angel tells him, and he stays with Mary. He marries her, unplanned pregnancy and all, 
Then Joseph, the patron saint of adoptive parents, step-parents, foster parents, and all bonus caregivers, raises a child that he had no part in creating. The scandal. What did the elders say? What did the men gossiping at the city gate say? Joseph could have abandoned Mary in her shameful position, but Joseph stayed. In fact, Joseph more than stayed. He entered into her shame and humiliation with her. He joined in carrying Mary's burden, the burden of breaking the law, breaking tradition, and breaking social convention. Joseph didn't let Mary suffer alone. He joined her in her suffering. They were outcasts, but they had each other. Joseph chose the better way. Joseph chose the way that would lose him his social standing and his credibility in the community. He did the right thing, even though it cost him nearly everything. Joseph could have been like his namesake, the Joseph we read about in Genesis. Put in charge of Egypt's food stores, Joseph took advantage of starving people. As a result, Joseph made Pharaoh richer while making the common people of Egypt poorer. Joseph's participation in these exploitive economics contributed to the enslavement of many people including his own family. By the time Joseph realizes his mistake, it's too late. The damage has been done. With his dying breaths, Joseph asks that his bones be carried out of Egypt when his people are finally liberated. It is the only way he can share in their freedom. While Joseph tried to follow God, his faith and his loyalty to God does not show up in his work. Economically, Joseph exploits the Hebrew people alongside Pharaoh. But the Joseph in Matthew's gospel, Jesus's earthly father, chooses a better way. He chooses to follow God and to wed Mary, despite the damage that it does to his reputation despite the shrinking of his bank account, despite the friends that he loses. Throughout scripture, the people of God choose the better way, even though the better way usually means sacrificing their money, their comfort, and risking their lives against evil empires in tradition. Moses could have stayed in Midian and lived a happy, relaxing life with his family, caring for his father-in-law's sheep. But Moses chose a better way. When God calls Moses to return to Egypt and stand up to his brother, Pharaoh, and free his people, Moses goes. Moses chooses a better way. When Esther was chosen to marry the king who was set on murdering her people, she could have protected herself. She could have been silent and submissive. But Esther chose a better way. 
when the Magi are informed by an angel in a dream not to go back and report Jesus' birth to King Herod, they follow the angel's instructions. They sneak out of Israel at great risk so they don't give away Jesus' location to the murderous Herod. They choose a better way. And Joseph from Nazareth, a humble carpenter, when he could have thrown Mary under the bus to save his own reputation, he chooses a better way. Choosing the better way is not easy. When we follow the Holy Spirit's calling, God gives us strength to choose a better way. When we let go of human expectations and conventions, God heartens us to follow God, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, and to love ourselves. When God calls us to a better way, God grants, grants us the gumption and the courage to choose that better way. So what about us? This Advent, will we align ourselves with the empire? Will we cling to our money and to our privilege? Will we stand by and watch the powerful trample over our neighbors, remaining complicit for our own self-preservation? Or will we be like Joseph, the man that God chose to raise the savior of the world? When it is most difficult, when it requires the most sacrifice, will we choose the better way? When hate and power and violence are easier options, will we choose the better way? If it costs us our social status, our money, or our reputations, will we still choose the better way? I pray that we do. This Advent, may God grant us the courage to accept God's calling to choose a better way. Amen.